When you look at your career, you, you are a, a tremendous outlier in terms of the journey you've 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 taken and what you're doing now. That's very kind, thank and, you. And, and then you trace it back and go, you've came from a, a council estate not too far from here. For you to have gone on that journey and achieved the things you have, it, I always I always think there must have been certain factors in those early years that made you take a different course to those friends that might still be on the estate now. Yeah. It might have been, you know, we talked a little bit about values there. It might have been, you know, I don't know, something someone said to you, an experience you had, or just the conditioning, the, whatever it is. But mm. my question is, do you do you know what the those factors were that made you an outlier? Yeah. I mean, uh, you sound as though you've done a lot of work on yourself and in the little bit that I know about you. Uh, well, I this is it. I, I get to meet people and ask. So I learned so much from these kinds of answers. Right. And I've made yeah. documentaries for over 10 yeah, years. Yeah, so it's the same can. thing, you know, yeah. you learn so much from your environment if you're willing to drink in the information. Yeah. And I just, in thinking about between therapy and also being um, present in moments like this, you know, mm. yes, there are cameras, but I'm having a conversation yeah. with you yeah. and I'm learning from you. And that certainly was the case in 10 years of making films, you know, for the BBC. Um, so when it sort of comes to me looking at how I've become the person that I am and how my journey has played out the way that it has done. It's an amalgamation of different moments and instances, but fundamentally it comes down to a desire, even as a kid, to understand and be aware. And it's progressed into this idea of being present and understanding the moment that you're in and why you're there and, and taking as much from the moment as possible. So as a child, I would always ask questions and I was far too aware of my environment for my own good. So for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll never sort of forget going to my friend Kieran's, oh no, yeah, it was Kieran Buckley's house. I went to Kieran Buckley's house in Barnsbury and um, uh, my mum was very protective so she wouldn't let me play at friends' homes. I know you know how that goes. Mm. And I went to Kieran's and I was in the garden and he had this massive, massive, beautiful Islington garden with several trees in it. And I asked him, how come you got a park at the back of your house? Um, and his mother sort of overheard and laughed a bit and it stayed with me. And he was like, it's not parked my garden. What are you talking about? Come on, free it in. You're in goal, mate. And then you play this game, you don't think about it. And then I remember going back to my council estate and looking at the, the one tree that me and Corey used to climb and think, I don't have what he has. Why is that? And then you start to think about these things and then start to understand class and where you are. And even so far as the area, you know, I, I started to really recognize the power of my walk to school. Even as a kid, before I got to secondary school, I was like, this is really weird. Like I live in a borough, Islington in North London, that has everything from council estates with immigrants and white working class, right the way through to multi-million pound houses. And I lived on uh, a road called Liverpool Road, which is such a, it's, such an important road that I haven't only, I've only become aware of how important that road is to my journey in recent years. So I lived at the Holloway end of Liverpool Road and Liverpool Road is a long road that runs through Islington. And at the other end is Angel. And Angel gentrified years before Holloway did. Holloway is a very different place now. And they had a Waitrose, they had a Sainsbury's and you had these gorgeous massive townhouses. And, you know, if you deviated off Liverpool Road, you'd be in Barnsbury and there were these beautiful little villagey roads. And Holloway was where the people that I grew up around <laughs> lived. Mm. And you had these estates, you had every kind of madness you can imagine happening on my estate. Like I remember my first, the first time I saw a machine gun was 
in my estate at like nine years old when the police were raiding a flat on my floor because there was all kinds of craziness there. I and mean, you're just playing on the balcony on your estate, on, on, on the floor that you live on. And you've got armed police there, you know, let alone the other times that you see other weapons or you see other things happen. Um, and those walks that I would go on where I would be like, wow, the bit that I live in versus the bit that I'm walking through versus the bit that I'm going to to go to school. I know what bit I want to live on. So I better start thinking about how I'm going to get to that bit of the road. It's so fascinating you'd say that. And it took me in my head back to back to my own experiences being a kid. And I, this really vivid memory I have one day of looking up at the sky and seeing a plane and then looking down at my street and thinking, I wonder if all of these families, this is what they wanted from their life. And then the plane for me was the juxtaposition between a family going on holiday. I'd never been on, like other than coming from Africa, yeah. we'd never been on holiday. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh my God, people are going on holiday. And then I look down at my street and I look up again and I see this plane. And a lot of people will have that, but it takes a different mind to then think, I want to be on the plane. I want to be at the other end of Liverpool Street. Yeah. Um, but then also I have some idea about how to get there. Mm. Or maybe you didn't have some an idea about how to get there, but maybe just the, I mean, I don't know if you believe in that like manifestation, just yeah. that I want to be there. So I'm going to make decisions over the next 10 years in that direction. Right. Well, my journey's super weird, right? Because from the age of eight, I was a working Hector. So... I was constantly reminded about my difference just by being present and by being aware, even as a child. So it didn't take much for me to realise you're not like your friends, Reg, because you're currently working while they're at school and you've been allowed time off school to work. So straight away you're like, mm. okay, I'm a bit different and this is a bit of a weird situation to be in. And then you look around and there's a hundred people on set and you're the only black person, both in front of or behind the camera. And you go, okay, wow, um, I'm not like any of these people here and the conversations that you hear about what people did on the weekend or where they're going that even, or even conversations about wine, like little things that people take for granted culturally. Nobody drinking wine in my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like chaleur was a big deal, you know? Um, going to Sainsbury's was a big deal. Like we used to walk to Dalston with backpacks to go and buy meat and tin tomatoes and carry them back because we never had a car. What does that do to you though? When you're on set, everyone else is a different skin colour and mm. they're talking about things that you're not familiar with in yeah. terms of like, let's be honest, like class, yeah, right? Absolutely. What does that do to you? And does it put a chip on your shoulder? Does it make you more ambitious? Does it make you think, fuck, I'm, I'm out of place. I'm an imposter. Yeah, well, it, it could have put a chip on my shoulder and I'm incredibly thankful that it didn't. What it did do was make me so hungry to create an environment where I could feel comfortable. And what that progressed into was understanding that it's going to take me a while to get to the point that I'd like to be at. Therefore, it would be and become my responsibility to create that for someone else, to create that for another eight-year-old me or 15-year-old me. And I feel incredibly proud that I'm able to do that now because I recognise the power of it. And regardless of those moments of feeling out of place or uh, being sort of like, feeling as though, you know, your class is being, is being waved in your face. Like I told this story the other day to a friend of mine who's, I'm godfather to his child. It's one of my good, good, good friends, uh, Sam Wilkinson. He's a director who I made a lot of my documentaries with. And um, he's got my gorgeous little godson in his hands, little Teddy, and we're chatting away. And I was telling him a story about uh, being at this primary school in Islington where you've got kids from estates and kids from, quite, you know, affluent homes all in the same school. And at lunchtime, you had these kids with Thundercats lunchboxes and these incredible sandwiches and Kit Kat minis, all the things that I never had in my house, you know. You're sort of looking at tinfoil that hasn't been used 50 times and you're like, oh my God, they're throwing the tinfoil in the bin. What the hell? What 
the hell is going on? They're not being made to fold and put it back because you could use it for dinner tomorrow. Anyway, so you're like taking all of that in and every lunchtime, I'll never forget um, Pat, God bless her, uh, the head dinner lady, uh, this big lady, big lady um, would walk out and she'd go, free school dinners. And all the kids that were on free school dinners used to have to stand up um. and go and get your food. And it sort of broke you a little bit as a kid because your mates were just a bit like, oh my God, can you imagine? And I told this story to Sam and he started crying. Mm-hmm. And Sam started crying, I think, not because, well, I think he felt a little sad for little mini me, but he also, as a father, imagined his son in that position. And I'm sure we'll get onto family and fatherhood and stuff, but I, you know, I realized how much fatherhood has softened a lot of my friends and also has made me very sort of cognizant of my journey and also just how important my childhood was in shaping who I've become. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud so you can access it from anywhere and the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud so you can access it from anywhere and the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. 